Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Merrill Hodge made some headlines earlier this week when he was on with the Junkies talking about Drake May. But Merrill Hodge has been pretty outspoken in his draft evaluations uh, throughout his media career. And he jumps on with us right now, courtesy of our BetQL guest hotline. For those that don't know, Merrill was a good running back uh, in the NFL for seven years right around, uh, most of those with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And then uh, a lot of us who are NFL fans uh, were fans of Merrill on the NFL matchup show, which he did with Jaworski and Cosell and Sal Pal for all of those years. Uh, and he joins us right now. So I do want to go back and get your thoughts on Drake May and what you said about Drake May. But I want to start with the other quarterbacks because I haven't heard your opinion on them. Let's start with Caleb Williams. How do you view him? Well, let me just kind of put it in a, in a, let me put a scope out there first. And I think that this kind of helps with how I go about evaluating. If you look at the last five years, there's been two guys, five or six years, that have been really special and had a, a special skill set to transition to the National Football League. And I'll, I'll explain what I mean about special, what the keys are to transitioning to the National Football League. Because the National Football League is a completely different game than the college game. The field changes, the defenses change, the offenses change, everything changes. And I think most fans don't really understand that. And that's why, you know, so many kids struggle. Um, doesn't matter what the position is, but especially at quarterback. So uh, you got Joe Burrow and C.J. Stroud. Now last year, like C.J. Stroud is the only guy that I gave a first round grade to because he was truly special, and now I'll define what is special and looking at transitioning a kid from college to the NFL. At the end of the day, how you play from the pocket is pivotal. They make you play quarterback in the National Football League. Okay, that's exactly what happened in the NFC Championship game. They made Lamar Jackson play quarterback. Okay, they made him read things. They made him decide coverages. They made him throw the football. And Lamar has never really played that position from that perspective very well. He's been very good at that run action, um, the simplicity of a passing game, and that dynamic of him running. And they've been able to always – and because they run the football so well, they, they, they keep him in an element that works for him. But they made him play quarterback, and on a second and ten, he, he makes a throw that he should never have made. And instead of getting the first down, he throws an interception. Okay, things I have to really look at or I look at for a, a guy – 
One is accuracy. You got to have that. And then the next thing, so I'm going to talk about the blend has to be together. They can't have one without the other because one of them will run you out of the league. Accuracy is one. Processing. The ability to process, throw with anticipation, and function within the pocket and have a pocket awareness. Like if, if you don't have a sampling of that or if you're struggling in that area, it's only going to be magnified in the NFL, and you're going to, you're going to erode and erode fast. So as I look at this group, I, like there's nobody that stands out um, that's like a C.J. Stroud um, or Joe Burrow. So I, I don't see anybody. Now, I haven't gone through everybody. You know, I've, I've been through um, you know, Caleb Williams, who is, from an accuracy aspect, is elite. I mean, watching him throw the ball to accuracy, I was like, wow. But he doesn't function well from the pocket because he has this gift of elusiveness that he uses like so in college you have three four seconds sometimes five seconds guys right. are wide open and that's unrealistic you know going out but you have to look at that and i look at that you know for what it is really worth you know you look for accuracy did you make the right decisions now in the nfl about 70 percent of the throws that you're going to make are in a dirty pocket you mean you got traffic around you and there's congestion and you got to function in that area so i have a system that i can take all of and, it, and you don't get a lot of this in college so you have to group it all together and create an area that looks similar to the national football league. The dirty, the pocket's dirty. This is similar to the NFL. How do they function in that arena? So there's nobody, actually the guy who stands out the best from that perception is uh, Jaden Daniels from LSU. And then they run a pro style system. So you can see him processing and throwing the football. He actually functions the best. He's a guy that I, I think is the smoothest is pretty dynamic from an athletic perspective. He's accurate, pretty good processor. Um, and throws the ball well from a dirty pocket. Um, but he's still not at the level of C.J. Stroud. There's a lot of areas that I'm not going to get into that are, are concerning from understanding stuff, pressure, and so forth. So, um, But where um, Caleb Williams' biggest struggle will be is managing that gift he has. I mean, he won a Heisman Trophy doing He's been rewarded by doing that, by running around and being exciting and making all these plays. Um, and keep in mind, when he does avoid things and he does move, he makes a lot of mistakes, too. He makes a lot of bad throws. This is where I talk, I talk about TV lies and highlights really lie. Everybody shows the dynamic plays. They don't show all of the plays. They don't show the other plays that he made. Right. And that's why you have to play in structure at the end of the day. So getting him to the point where he manages himself well, which is this relies on coaching and player. At some point, and I'm not saying it's early, because I, I think of the guy's ability to move, I love that, having them have that ability because I think it helps them survive early in their career. What they eventually have to do though, is take whatever they're doing with their legs and put it in their arm. And those legs are a weapon in their progressive as they progress. And it's the last thing they do, not one of the first things they do. And, and if you never break that, it can be the thing that just, I mean, it erodes you. I mean, it, it doesn't allow you to really develop to where, you're going to be successful and consistently in the NFL because running around is not going to do it. You just, you're never going to run around and win a championship and win consistently. It can be exciting and you can win some games, but you're never going to be consistent. At the end of the day, you got to play within structure and you got to function in structure. So there's nobody that really stands out to me that is extraordinarily special. Now, Caleb Williams, like that accuracy, now that is, that's elite. Now, but that's one phase of it. That learning curve for him, he's going to a team. You know, everybody's talking to Patrick Mahomes. I'm like, well, time out. Patrick Mahomes went to a playoff team, sat a year, had Alex Smith as a mentor, 
and has some of the greatest coaching in history of the National Football League. Well, that Ken Williams goes to Chicago, he's got none of that. And that matters. And those are going to be factors. And I always say, and this is true, it's true of all players, but especially quarterbacks. They get ruined mentally way before they get ruined physically. So a kid's mental toughness is going to have to be tested, and I'm going to have to find out, is he tough enough to handle this? Because if we don't go to the playoffs and win the Super Bowl our first year, you know what they're going to say. Oh, he's a boss, he's a failure. And, you know, how will he handle that? How can we handle that? Um, and there's so many other things and variables that you have to know and be alert and be aware of that if you have, if a kid is soft and he doesn't have that, I don't care what his skill set is. They'll eat you alive in the National Football League. Um, they'll pound on you. Shoot, watch Zach Wilson. I've known Zach Williams. Wilson, he backed up my son at BYU. And I've watched him just mentally erode under the pressure. And keep in mind, one of the areas of his problems when he came out of college he did not function well in a dirty pocket. If you got traffic around him, if you got pressure on him, he didn't function well. Every game that could do that, both Utah games, Hawaii games, Washington game, Toledo game, and Coastal Carolina game, all the games that they lost could do that. They could create some element like that, and he could not function in that. So it was his biggest hurdle in the NFL. So what did they do? One of the best games they ever watched, or the games they watched, are the Patriots, because the Patriots, I think, are one of the best. Bill Belichick understands the weakness of players, and he attacks that. And they did that to him every season. I don't think the Jets beat the Patriots, to be honest with you, in the other times that Zach Wilson played. So it just, it's just a different environment. So I, I don't watch a kid on tape. I don't watch where he's playing. I don't, I don't really care that they're playing against Washington or US, uh, UCLA or USC. I watch where he's going to play. And I got and all of those things that you got to see. If you don't see them, then you got to put a certain measurement. Can it be fixed? Okay, so accuracy. I've never seen a guy that is erratic become like right. a bullseye thrower, a spot-on thrower. I've never seen a guy who's struggled reading and processing things um, all of a sudden become really dynamic. I've seen him get a little better, but I've never seen him become really special. Like I say, Joe Burrow and C.J. Stroud were special. You can see it in college. I mean, their processing was incredible. Their accuracy, incredible. Their anticipation, incredible. And when you don't see that, then you got to go, okay, there is a certain level of growth and learning. Can they overcome that? And then getting to know the player um, is a vital component of doing that. Sometimes I can do that. Sometimes I don't get that opportunity. Um, knowing they're smart is not about taking a test. When I heard C.J. Stroud didn't do well in his test, I'm like, irrelevant. And I was doing some scouting with the Steelers at too. They're like, well, he didn't finish well in the test. I go, are we, do, are we testing on Sunday or are we playing football? When I watch him play football, he's smart. That's all I can tell you. I'll give you the kid um, that they said was really smart, blew away the test, um, but did not play particularly smart. And it was a big concern of mine was the kid out of Kentucky um, that the, the, the Titans led us. He did not, I mean, he did some things you're just like shaking your head all the time. Not a couple times. Everybody does some things a couple times, but all the time. His accuracy all over the place. Um, he did not function in the in those two elements, accuracy, processing, um, pocket presence, even remotely close to how you have to play eventually in our league. Um, he's a runner. He likes to run over people. And he didn't play like a quarterback. And I, that's, I, I honestly believe I, one of the reasons he dropped it, I could they go, well, he's really smart. I go, well, he doesn't play like that. Right. Again, are we going to take tests on Sunday? Or are we playing football on Sunday? Yeah. And so many the, people get caught there's up. There's an IQ and then there's a football IQ. Right. And I, and then if somebody goes, well, they didn't do well on a test. Well, we're not doing tests. 
if we're doing a test, okay, we've got a problem with that. But he's playing football. And when I watch him play football, he doesn't make mistakes. He plays smart. And C.J. Stroud, I'll tell you, was like, he was my number one player. And, and even, you know, within the scouting organization with the Steelers, they're like, what? And I wouldn't, and by Sean, I had him as a second rounder for a bunch of reasons. He has limitations you're never going to overcome. In the environment he's going into, he's not in Alabama anymore. He's not playing. He's not better than everybody else. Everybody's better than they're better than their, everybody's guys. Okay, they're was the number one good. limitation height? One of them, yes. That you are never going to change five nine and five nine, and even like okay, Kelly Williams is six one. I'm telling you, six one and lower. It is hard. You miss windows. There, there's different and, and defenses play different in the National Football League. They take advantage of that height and the way they push the pocket and the way they rush you, and it does eliminate. Some of six one, less than five nine. Five nine is just that. That is. Think about this. Every week, I got to deal with that. No matter how yeah, well, good kid he is, no matter how hard he works, can't teach I'm never changing. You and I, ever. And then yeah. what that this does is, is it limits his ability to throw from the pocket. And see, then that 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 and defenses know that, so they can play certain coverages to take advantage of. That. They can force you to make throws. That's what uh, actually ran Doug Foody out of the league. Bill Belichick did a game plan on him. I'll never forget it. When they were playing, it was a Sunday night game. Wait, on who? Who did you say? On uh, Doug Flutie. On right. Flutie. The Bills yeah. go it. This is when Doug Flutie was with the Buffalo Bills. He goes up to yeah. New, England, New England. It's a Sunday night game. And, like, when you plug in tape, you know, things, if they're really abnormal, they catch your eye right away. So the first thing that was abnormal, the safeties were standing around 10, 12 yards deep in the National Football League. That does not happen. They are 15 yards at least. Okay, but when you see 12 yeah. in, in the – So uh, arm strength. Yeah. You know, you're like, wait a minute, there's something wrong here. So here's what they did, is they just created a wall and they pushed it. Now, they knew he couldn't throw it down the middle of the field and down because he couldn't see. They forced him to throw it lateral, which he had to do that. They ran – everybody saw that, started doing that to him. And that's what they do, did to Bryce Young this year, a lot of teams. I mean, it's what they do to the kid in Arizona. Oh, gosh. Um, Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray. Um, you know, I mean, it – you just can't. You got a game plan, so so you got to try to work through that, and it just you, you can't be consistent with that. Then you're limited how you can throw it, what you call plays you can call, and it's it's just a never-ending battle of yeah. just being relentless and and struggling. Well, I got CJ Stroud. I got no issues there. I got no limitations. Like how Charlotte, which is not, not the conversation here, but whoever made that decision. I mean, he fired everybody. So who knows who made the decision? And oftentimes ownership makes decisions like that, quite honestly. You know, but they never fire themselves. They just fire everybody else because they screwed up and couldn't get the kid <laughs> to play to his level. But, um, you know, there's just you so know, many things and variables that are so yeah. much different in the NFL than, than college. And people use, oh, we want a Heisman. Irrelevant. It's a college event. College award. Yeah. Good for him. Right. But that doesn't mean anything about the NFL. So – You've said so much here, and I've been taking notes, and there are lots of things that I I didn't intend on asking you, but I'm going to get to those now, and then we'll we'll come back to the three quarterbacks that could potentially be there for Washington at two in a moment. By the way, you know, one of the things, not to name drop, but we all in town, lots of us developed a really good uh, relationship with Mike Shanahan when he was here, and he always said, Mm -hmm. accuracy 
processing slash throwing with anticipation. If they don't have it, it's really hard to coach them up uh, on that, which is what you said. Um, So always two things that I think even we as fans have realized are really important. Uh, Specific specific to C.J. Stroud, though, and your evaluation of him last year, what did you see? Because Ryan Day and Ohio State run a lot of – for the lack of a better description, college concepts. There's a lot of line of scrimmage throws. There's a lot of quick game. You know, there's a lot of, you know, spread. There's a lot of, you know, option looks, et cetera. What made you see the dirty pocket opportunities, enough of them where he had on third and eight to stand in there and make the the NFL throws? Uh, well, actually, they, they do less of that than most colleges. Okay, USC, that's another thing. USC, now they... they With they're Lincoln colleges. Riley, yeah. Oh, Lincoln Riley is lateral, 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 lateral. Lateral, 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 lateral. I mean, I'm bubble screen, smoke screen, RP, it doesn't matter. Lateral. I mean, just like, you know, you watch enough college football, you see the differences. Uh, Ohio State didn't do a lot of that with him. They did some of that. I'm not saying they didn't do some of that. I mean, that... that you should do that in college because of the hash marks, the width of those hash marks because they're right. so wide. When you're on one hash mark, man, you've got the you got four or five extra yards than you do in the National Football League. And and not my offense, my guy is faster than your guy, so now I'm really going to use it. You're foolish not to use it. But they push the ball down the field because they use the kid's skill set. So that's another thing. Coaches tell you everything. You know, like well, we'll get to the kid in um, in Carolina. A lot of critical moments, he's always running the ball. I'm like, why is he running the football? Okay, I ain't calling the play. I'm just telling you what they're doing. The, the Will Levitz. I mean, it was anything that really mattered. Shoot, this goes all the way back to Vince Young. And it always mattered. And he had to get that first down. They never threw it. They always ran it. I'm like, hmm, who's calling those plays? They know that player better than anybody. Why would they call a run and keep calling runs? Anyway. So I guess yeah. CJ Stroud actually they pushed the ball down the field. They noticed him. his ability to throw the football and his accuracy at every threatened every inch of the football field. And I'm not, you know, talking about the dirty pocket. There's enough Ohio State plays enough teams that are as good Well, as I was gonna say the Georgia semifinal game was the game that I thought cinched it for a lot of people because you saw stuff against an elite defense, and you said the teams they're playing doesn't matter, but he probably had more, you know, third down opportunities in that game where he had to deliver it third and medium or long than any game that he had in his career. Yeah. Now, keep in mind, he did this his entire career. You know, that's something. The sample, you, you, you might get six plays out of every game, but those six plays, you know, you just got to put those six plays together, another six plays, another. And pretty soon you have about 90. And that's a pretty good sampling of, okay, how do they function in those 90? And up to that, okay, I heard in the national championship game, the stupidest thing I've ever heard about what people wanted to see. Stupidest. I'm telling you. Still this day, can you run? I'm like, what is That's the last thing I wanted. First of all, he's mobile enough. I've already seen he's mobile enough. He needs to move in the manner in which I need him to move from sliding and moving and being able to make throws, making somebody miss, getting out of the pocket and throwing it. Nobody has ever. If Michael Vick and Lamar Jackson have not run themselves to a Super Bowl, ain't nobody doing it, especially coming out of this class. It's not happening. You know, you just, 
it's too physical, too good on the other side. Too. It's like disrespecting the defenses that exist in this mm-hmm. league and the men that are playing there and the money they're getting paid and as good as they are. I'm like, you have to function in the pocket. If you do not function in the pocket, you can't do that consistently. You're just not going to win in the National Football League consistently. You'll have moments, but you will never be a guy that you could anchor your entire career on and not get fired by thinking, oh, I'll fix that. I'll fix his accuracy. You can't fix stupid. You can't fix accuracy. There's a whole lot of things you can't fix because so many people, and and there are more personnel, I mean, more people that are, I call them measurables. Okay, there's measurable evaluators, and this is how you know them. They're not going to say anything about, they're going to start telling how many yards they threw, how tall they are, how fast they are. They're not going to say anything about how they play. They're just going to give you all these numbers. And I'm like, well, what do those numbers have to do with anything? If the guy can't play, you know, like, what is completion percentage? Irrelevant mm-hmm. accuracy. Irrelevant accuracy. Okay. The Rich, I remember the Richardson kid, Florida, coming out, and everybody was talking about the one game I hadn't watched. And I already knew, I mean, you're better off having him as a running back because he's not a quarterback. I mean, he is erratic. I mean, let me go all the Utah game. He completed X amount of whatever. Yeah, the Utah Then I go to that Utah game. I'm like, oh, he did complete. He had one big run. I'm like, well, you know what? He might do that in the NFL, but that ain't how you're going to win a championship, how he ran. And all his completions, I don't think there was one run after catch. There might have been a couple. I just they – were, they were so, like – Guys are leaning back to catch the football, going up, down in the dirt. They're catching it, but the problem is that is not an accurate throw. It's a completion, but it's not an accurate throw. In our league, in the NFL, shoot, somebody's going to be draped on him, and you've got to put it where he could catch it and run. C.J. Stroud, oh, my gosh, you watch him do that? Joe Burrow. They, don't, they, don't, they just don't come around that. Now, there's the one kid that does have accuracy like that, though, is Caleb Williams. And he does have that, right. that Williams. But his pocket, there's a lot of growth there that he's going to have to work through and get through. The 6-1 will be a factor. And, and harnessing that and managing that gift he does have, elusiveness, is going to be – that will be the linchpin for him. If he can get over that the type of coaching he gets, can you weather the storm when you're not good for a couple of years in a division that's getting better and you're not going to a playoff team – can you withstand uh, get your get your way through that that portion those couple of years and those are big hurdles, big hurdles. You said you said about Jaden Daniels that he may be you know from a dirty pocket and a processing standpoint the number one in this class. So yeah. what worries you about him where you're not ready to say that he's C.J. Stroud or Burrow? Well, he, he's not as precise with his precision and his accuracy. You know, that's okay. That's when now we're fine-tuning things. He's not like, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll watch him, and he, he just uh, he'll get stuck on things. Some of the pressures he doesn't see, he doesn't – and you could tell he either doesn't see him or doesn't understand him. And defenses are lining up and moving, so a quarterback should be aware right away. You mean, you got nobody to protect this guy. You know, you got to know. And he won't see it. C.J. Stroud would see it. Um he is, he's just a shade off of how good they were of the quick processing and the accuracy with it. And his willingness of anticipation is different than a C.J. Stroud or Joe Burrow. C.J. Stroud, Joe Burrow, their anticipation, process, and action, if a guy is blanketed, they're going to throw it to him. Where he will not, he won't trust it, and he try to go elsewhere. 
And then he shouldn't have probably went elsewhere. He should have made that throw. Okay, in the NFL, you're going to have to make that throw because you don't have – and now in college, you get away with it about 60% of the time, 70 In the NFL, you're going to get away with it like 20% of the time until you, you all of a sudden you're behind the change and now you're in trouble. So he's just not quite at that that polished. But he yeah. shows great signs of it. And, you know, I, like I, and I really like, you know, he's, he's very um, – I like how he's compact. In his in his throwing and he's quick with it when he wants to throw with it, but you can just tell his now he's really evolved. I watched him at Florida State or shoot Arizona State, yeah, and where he's come is incredible. Which is, that, that's a plus. Like that, that means he's got he grows and he learns, and that's an awesome thing. And where he is, I I, I like that just from a comfortable aspect. If I have to put my because these guys are putting their jobs on the line, you know, you're, you're picking a guy, your job is on the line. You know, that's why. That's why people refuse to make a mistake. It's like, we didn't make a mistake. We're going to stay with him. And you already know after two years, sometimes a quarterback it takes three to know what you have. And, yeah. you know, sometimes these guys get you fired if, um, if you make the, the wrong call. Not that, you, not that you care, but when we're talking to Merrill Hodge, uh, what I've seen as the biggest criticism of your observation and critique of Drake May is when you said you don't see him being athletic. Why, did, why don't you see him as an athletic quarterback? He looks athletic to yeah. most fans watching him. Yeah, well, you know, if you see him in college, I mean, I'm looking at, okay, he's, he's stiff. Now, that doesn't mean he's not athletic. Okay, he's not dynamic, is what I'm saying. He's not gonna. Nobody's gonna go. Oh my gosh, we gotta. This guy could kill us with these legs. Actually, he's he's not a real instinctive runner. He's he's pretty stiff. Um, you don't. I mean, he can move enough too to that you have that you like that. You can keep a play alive, and he throws okay off of mobility. Nothing scary. Um, you would want him to get down as much as possible. Um, if he does start moving for fear that somebody will, will wreck him and you might not see him for a week or two. Um, but there's nothing that um, – you like he watches him and Jaden Daniels. Watch Jaden Daniels move and how smooth he is and elusive he is and quick he is. And see, Jaden's much quicker than, yeah. um, than the Drake. Because Drake is, you know, very slow. And his his overall delivery, there's a lot of – there's a lot of loop and time to that. and there's a lot of things that come from that. You, you start here. Remember Byron Leftwich? This yeah. one, this one thought that was a windup. Yep. Now he's not that, I'm not saying that, but, right. but even to these micro half seconds, okay, you could get extra hits on a guy with, you know, a little loopier delivery. Um, don't think these defensive backs don't dial in on that. And they see that and stuff. And there's some throws. I'm like, Oh my gosh, it was almost picked in the NFL. That's a pick six. In the NFL, that is a pick. Um, and he is just – I could tell you this. I would never give him a first-round grade. I would never put my name on that because that guy – in the first round, especially the second overall pick, that's, that's how you do get fired by not making proper evaluations of guys like this and saying, oh, I'm going to fix all the stuff I just talked about. I just – Listen, is that the, the, is that the key work. between first round and the investment made, especially early in the first round? Like you're not saying that he's not a draftable player, and that there isn't a chance with time and the right coaching staff that a lot of what he you perceive to be his flaws could be corrected. You just wouldn't use a first round pick on a guy that needs that much work. Very, very correct. 
Okay, that yeah. second overall pick is like, okay, you are special. You have an elite skill set that he does not have now. Okay, and and, and, and listen, I don't know if he'll ever have it because the, the the accuracy stuff is a big concern. I mean, he is erratic everywhere. I mean, he just absolutely misses throws that you're just like, oh my gosh, in dirty pocket and clean pocket now. I mean, did you just, think that about Josh Allen? Okay, Josh Allen. He's always brought up. He was brought up in my meeting when I was talking about. Um, well, why do I keep forgetting the kid's name from Kentucky? Because that Will kid Levis. was Will Levis. Okay, Will Levis. Okay, he kind of might say Will Levis a little bit from his accuracy aspect because it was like, okay, Will Levis was. I mean, he there was even receivers at a, on a hitch route, six yard hitch route. The ball would go like hit in the dirt or up in the stands. I mean, it was all over the place. The even the receiver looked back like, what the heck? And you could see his body language. I was like, they say, well, you know, Josh Allen, like, oh. Josh Allen was not erratic anywhere but vertically. Josh Allen couldn't – I mean, he, yes, he could throw the ball 90 yards and it might miss by 10. It might be out, out of bounds. It might complete one. Okay. And I know Josh Allen. I've known Josh Allen forever. I mean, he played when my son played at BYU. And I was talking to Josh about it. Jim Kelly is a good friend of mine. And Jim Kelly mentioned it to me before I even talked to Josh Allen about it. And this is true of college, which to your, to your point – and, and we always have to consider this. You've got 20 hours to work with them. It's limited work. Um, they got all kinds of different receivers. Okay, Josh Allen came to the NFL, and he's like, I, that was a real weakness I had. And I didn't ever work on it in college. Okay, so there's your, your biggest problem. I didn't work on it. Didn't have time to work on it. Well, in the NFL, I got one guy, and we work on it all the time. And I harnessed that and made that better. But he was already accurate everywhere else. He was just that vertical one. And everybody saw that. He was all over the place. He's like, once I started to work on that and I could spend time on that, I could spend 20 hours a day if I wanted to versus 20 hours a week. And that did change him. Now, with what I'm talking about, Will Levitz and the, uh, the Drake May stuff, it is everywhere. I mean, just everywhere. Right. And in every scenario. And that is a huge okay, your point. Okay, what happened to uh, Will Levis? Best thing ever happened. Could that happen to him? He got drafted in the second round. So there's that level of expectation. He does not have to live under, okay? He can be angry and frustrated. I'm just telling you, the best thing ever happened to him. What would be the best thing for Drake May is to not get drafted in the first round. So he could work on those or, or go to a team where he doesn't have to start. He can work on all of these things because they are things that will – they're just going to destroy you in our league. And that's when I go to the kids ruined mentally way before they're ruined physically. Uh, Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett, his skill set was pro style. All the stuff I just mentioned, he had. By the time he got hurt towards the end of the season, best thing ever happened to him because he was eroding mentally. He was playing fast. He wasn't seeing things. He was doing stuff I never saw him do in college. Yeah. He was doing things I'd never seen him do initially when he started. Why? Man, he, the people were riding him. Um, coaches were not helping him very much. Okay, It was not going favorably for him. And you could see him just absolutely eroding right in front of your eyes. Best thing ever happened to him to get hurt. Move him out of that environment so that he could, he could now look and relearn and recalibrate and reset himself and have an offseason to get ready, which I think might have saved him. Had it not, he might have been he might have been so bad he could have never recovered. Right. We are talking to Merrill Hodge. You've been so gracious with your time. This is really, really interesting stuff. So I, I want to just real quickly, Washington, you know, has a quarterback need. 
Um, you know, actually, real quickly, what what did you think of Sam Howell coming out, and what did you think of Sam Howell in the 17 games he played this year? Um, uh, you know, I'm glad you brought him up because um, I'm trying to get to um, my quarterback because I have my notes on him. Um, I'll get to him if I can when I'm talking to you. So, but he's a great example um, of a kid who who had, you know, if he had some real problems. Okay, you talk about. I got the tape where, okay, when they had the, and the, when they were in a situation where, you know, you thought they would call a pass or they could call a pass, you would, you would do that. And they were always calling runs. It was with him. Right. You know, I remember the dude didn't matter. Notre Dame, it doesn't matter what game I watch. I'm like, wow, why did they? And that kid from my, I forget where he got drafted. Fifth uh, what round. round was he? Fifth round. And, then that, and that's exactly where I would have put him. And you know what? Here it is. Somehow right here. And I, I mean, I got all these things, Wake Forest, Notre Dame, all these plays. Um, you know, they, I'm just, I don't want to, I know, it's, it's okay, I'm take your time. This is on, on all this, all the stuff. Yeah. That, you know, just, I don't want to make him, like his pocket awareness was bad. You know, he panics a lot. He was throwing, I mean, he was erratic. I mean, in all aspects, there was one thing you'd be like, yeah, this kid has a shot. So he gets drafted right where he probably, he should have gotten drafted based on the skill set he showed. But now the, to the level of um, accountability for the player, I always give player credit, man. When you have time to work, some players don't work on that. You know, they got time. They just sit there and they're like, you know, they don't get better. They don't work at the things they're weak. And then coaching matters. You know, the coaching he got there, the work that he put into it. When he did come out and play, man, he was a complete – I was like, that's not the same kid I watched in Carolina. That's not the same kid. Um, he's still – you know, but when – you get now enough work on him. There's those inconsistencies that you saw. Like if you, you cleaned up all the things that he needed to clean up, which he did, there's still those inconsistencies. Okay. He's, I think he's about a six, one kid. Yeah. Okay. You see a lot of those problems, the kids around that age, I mean, that size, you know, that height where it does become a, a disadvantage, you know, so many interceptions are cause they didn't see a certain thing, you know, they missed certain things. Um, and those are, those can be, you know, Drew Brees would be the, the only guy that I could think of that, you know, played at such a high, high level without really that being a factor. And he'd even mentioned times where it was a factor. So that being said, um, his overall work and improvement and the coaching that he got, you could really see the difference there. But all of the things from the interceptions that you saw, the inconsistencies, you can tell he's 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 more of a backup guy. He is not going to be the guy to get you over the hump. You know, and there's a lot of guys that you see that are just not going to get you over the hump. They lack that you know that that, that precision, of that accuracy, that that presence in the pocket, the processing, and the anticipation that that you need to have talked about. The other two guys had. I mean, had Joe Burrow and C.J. Stroud. Yeah. No, I think a, I think a lot of us after Much 17 improved. games would 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 say the exact same thing about him. So. Washington's going to pick number two. They have a need for a quarterback. You've eliminated Drake May as a possibility for them at number two. So would you on Caleb or Jaden Daniels at number two? Well, see, that guy, see, this is, you know, this is the argument that I get when I'm with the teams and teams. And I was like, okay, um, if none of them qualify as a first rounder, why would we do that? And everybody goes, "Well, this is who we have dealing with this year." I go, "So we don't have next year." You know, like okay. so. What, so, and, and are you not, saying that neither one of those two guys have a first round grade either? 
Well, on the first and second, I, I will. I will not say. Um, Caleb Williams. Do you have uh, a first Caleb, round Caleb, grade no, on him? No, no. I would. I would have a first round grade on on Caleb Williams with all of these things that we've just talked about that are real concerns and and they're going to be challenges. Okay, it's, it's, this is a not nothing sure. Uh, sure right. Sure. What about Daniels? Sure, first sure. round grade on Daniels or I, not? I and I do. I have and I and. He is one guy, okay, from a Polish perspective, I have the best feel that has a chance to really transition in this league with not as many issues that we got to break. Daniels you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. And I, I don't think that Caleb, and I guess the reason I'm going, I mean, um, I'm waffling on Caleb because I'm just assuming he, Chicago is going to take him. That's why. Um, yeah, the, but it's, everybody's talked about um, um, May and, Daniels yeah. being the two sitting there. And I, okay, if, if that is our scenario, well, I, I, this is it's simple. I rush up with Daniels' card. Not even a question. And it's not even a question. I would not – I wouldn't blink at doing that. I'd get him up there ASAP over May. Like that's our two guys that we're picking from. And to this point, I haven't seen anybody – and I haven't foxed everybody, all the, all the quarterbacks to this point. Right. I mean, I'm still – I just put in J.J., um, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I'd never seen a guy who threw the ball less in college football. <laughs> right. I, was like, I was like, holy cow, I'm going to have to watch three games just to get 30 throws. I'm like, yeah, well, he only threw eight passes against Penn State. Didn't throw in the second half of the game. Exactly. And I was like, holy mackerel. I mean, there's, like, there's a lot of these games, you know. But, okay, now, he clearly in the, the pro-style system, and they believe run the football, I mean, he can function under that. But there's already things that are – materializing them. I'm like, well, maybe there's a reason they didn't throw it a lot. You know, I go back to play calling. Okay, the quarterback's pretty dynamic. He's pretty good. You know, um, I don't know many guys that are dynamic and good and they're elite that throw it eight or nine times. Right. Even in college. You know, you, you're going to let your quarterback um, sting him if he's that good. And I go, maybe there's a reason they did that, you know, by, right. by design. You know, I'm starting to work through it. So I I, I have like a minute left here because I've gone way over and you've been incredible with your time. But I wanted to ask you, you know, just a, a couple of quick things. Number sure. one, you said something about Mahomes, about the situation when he came in and he had Alex Smith and he had Andy Reid and he had a full year. In hindsight, don't you think Mahomes would have performed at a Mahomes level had he played in his rookie season? Not so sure of that, and I, 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 here's what I'll, I'll say: I'll, I'll probably say no to that. Okay. And here's why. Here's why. I'll, I'll tell you this: I'll give you another guy. There would be a completely different guy if he had started his first year was Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers came out of a system. You talk about a pure college system, you know. And this is another thing: like when I say this is a new system, you got to realize you're running a pro style system. So yeah. There's combination reads, and now there's defenses they've never seen in their life. Okay, they defense they play. Great. They play it so fast that they get your head spinning. And I was a third down back, so I know I had everything but throw the football. I sat in those coaching meetings. I sat in those quarterback meetings. I had to know fronts, coverages, blitzes, hots. I mean, everything. I mean, it probably would help me get make it in the national football because I could understand that and process that and make up for that, run routes against it, block, block. That being said, um, um, 
you gosh, I forgot what I was going with the whole, the whole no, thing. No, you, 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 you said defense. that basically Mahomes, you don't think, oh, would have been so, Mahomes like no. in his first year right. if they had gone. And, and I just don't. I, I, just, okay. I just don't. I, I, I think it was a – and it's a credit to Patrick Mahomes and Alex Smith and that entire staff because, see, you can sit there and teach a kid and talk to a kid, and, and but you don't know if they're investing in it. You know, are they working at it? You know, are they learning from it? Because that, that, that's a credit to Patrick Mahomes. And, and look where he is today. What is the other things you hear about? Like, he's in the car watching tape, you know, when she's, she, I mean, right. it gets credit to the kid. Um, I, I just think it, it was, the, it, it, that's like the perfect scenario for any quarterback, quite honestly. And keep in mind, the he, only thing, and I, actually, I was in our um, draft meeting, he just pinned, but I actually, I actually said this, and I don't say this now because I keep, I was just making up because I know I've known Andy Reid since he was at BYU. We come from the West. I've known Andy forever. He's a, a good friend. And watching him on tape, I'm like, you know, the, what he needs, he's just a wild stallion. Okay. He needs somebody. And I say, like Andy Reid, not thinking that he's going there. I, mean, I, I didn't even really anticipate. I don't, I don't do that. I don't know. Trading and all right, that. Right, and he's right. going to do what. And but I'm like, if he just had somebody that could break him, like yeah. an Andy Reid. Okay, and then it happens. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Yeah, it ends up happened. happening. But that's right. So that's yep. why I'm saying coaching with Caleb Williams is going to be very important. You know, because he has played a sure. certain way, and he's got to he's got to change that way. He's got to kind of reshift it. That's not easy. Yeah. You're going to need great coaching, and you need a player that's bought into it, and you need a guy who's tough, mentally tough. You know, awesome, I don't know Merrill. That. Thank you so but, much. I, no, I can't tell you how how informative this was, and I really appreciate it. I'd love to do this with you down the road, maybe after the draft. Um, oh, yeah, uh, but, absolutely. We'd love to yeah. do it. Go, I hope you guys get, get things on track, man. I mean, yep. I, uh, I do. I'd like to, I mean, there's, there's nothing better than when the uh, the Washington team, I always like to say Washington Redskins, because they're the first preseason <laughs> game I ever played in is the Washington Redskins. So I say that off case. Yeah. Well, you, but, um, you, you, when, you had, you, you, you knew it when it was, you know, when it was a real organization yeah. with some real cachet. Yeah. Thanks, yeah, Merrill. Yeah. Really appreciate it. My pleasure, it. brother. Yep. Merrill Hodge, everybody. Thanks. Kevin Sheehan Show, the Team 980. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Uh I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Um... Merrill Hodge is very astute. He communicates very well. Obviously, some of the answers were long, but I didn't think they got, you know, uh, at all tedious. I think I learned a lot from listening to him. I think I've learned a lot in listening to Merrill Hodge over the years. Now, whether or not he's going to be right is a different story, but he gave you the reasons um, in, in a lot of specificity on May, Daniels, and Williams. And he admitted that he hadn't really looked at the others, you know, J.J. McCarthy barely um, at this point. Uh, what what you got from him is he doesn't think any of the quarterbacks in this draft is, you know, are C.J. Stroud or Joe Burrow, the two in recent drafts that he thought were absolutely special, you know, in terms of, of their abilities. You know, he mentioned early on, um, you know, had – that special, uh, the, the special qualities that transition well to the NFL. He doesn't think either one of those quarterbacks has that, but by far and away, he believes Caleb Williams and Jaden Daniels are several cuts above Drake May. Um, he's one that's sort of looking at Levis uh, as a Drake May comp. And I got from him, and I think many of you did as well, looking at some of the reaction on social media, the guy that he thinks has the biggest ceiling is Daniels. That's the one that intrigues him the most. And he said, assuming Caleb Williams goes one overall, and it's a choice between May and Daniels, he'd run up with the card for Jaden Daniels. Um, A lot of the stuff that he got into, you know, real you know, detailed, some would say minutia, but I think it's interesting, is what he looks for in a college quarterback. Because it's not about the results, really. It's not about the teams they're playing. It's about, are they doing the things that he believes you have to do at the next level? And he talked a lot about accuracy, processing, pocket awareness, especially in what he referred to as a dirty pocket. And I have mentioned so many times over the years, I'll never forget when Mike said 
about quarterbacks. And this was after he was gone and we were having a conversation on the air. We talked about this because I had him on the show and he said, you've got to be accurate coming into the league, naturally accurate, and you have to be able to naturally throw with anticipation, meaning your processing has to allow you to get to the point where you're able to throw with anticipation because those two things you can just coach up to a certain level. You'll If they're not elite or if they're not really strong in those things coming into the league, you can't coach it up to an elite level. You're not going to have an elite guy. You know, the Josh Allen completion percentage numbers, when you go back and you watch some of the Wyoming tape, lots of drops, um, lots of pressure uh, with a bad offensive line. There was a lot of extenuating circumstance around some of the completion numbers. Um, But uh, he said that what you saw with Josh more than anything is that he was inconsistent on the deep ball. Uh, Yeah, I thought there was a lot that was interesting. You know, Burrow and Stroud. I I also thought the conversation about Denton, and I do agree with this, but I do think that there are examples where quarterbacks that nece- that weren't necessarily, you know, pocket passers with great pocket awareness. And he talked a lot about size, right? You know that. And uh, look, everything he said about Sam Howell, I thought was a hundred percent spot on. I thought all year long, what was killing him was his size wasn't allow, allowing him to see it. Not all 6'1 quarterbacks look like 6'1 or shorter quarterbacks, but I thought he played to his size, if not smaller. I thought he had a difficult time all year long seeing it and processing it. And that's, I think, what they saw ultimately before the draft, and which is why he was available at the beginning of the fifth round. But when he said, you know, about Lamar Jackson specifically and guys like him, it'll just never happen because they're not able to throw from the pocket in the postseason and deliver in kind of a dirty pocket with processing and accuracy. I do think there's a lot of truth in that, but there are examples of quarterbacks. Russell Wilson was not a guy that was a natural processor, pocket, you know, or or thrower from the pocket. The size was a big issue with Russ. Now, they had dominant defensive teams and a dominant running game, but he was also in their heyday, he was a dual threat quarterback. You know, Colin Kaepernick, you know, basically got San Francisco to a Super Bowl. And if it's not for, you know, the power outage, I forget which team that affected the most, but they were right there with a chance to win a Super Bowl with a clear dual-threat quarterback who wasn't necessarily super comfortable from the pocket at that point. Now, he had good size. You know, he had good physical overall uh, size. Um, Cam Newton would be maybe a, a lesser example of this, you know, getting a team to a Super Bowl and an MVP season as a true dual threat quarterback. But Cam did with his size deliver from the pocket over and over again when he was healthy. Although I didn't think he had throughout his career the best mechanics from the pocket. Um, 
But there you go. Merrill Hodge, you know, clearly not a Drake May fan. We knew that, you know, coming into this conversation. His comments to the junkies earlier in the week have been kind of headlines all week long and have been used over and over again. I do understand when I asked him about the athletic part because I think he's been criticized most in his evaluation of Drake May for saying that he's not very athletic. And that's, he kind of backed off that to a certain degree. But there isn't a comparison between Drake May's athleticism and the athleticism of Daniels and Williams especially Daniels. It is a cut and a half to two cuts above. Now, Drake May can move. He can make plays with his legs. He can play off schedule. He can be a runner when you need him to be a runner. I still contend that the reason that I like Daniels the most is that I think what uh, Hodge said, when you watch him from the pocket, he's the most poised, he's the most calm, He has a quick delivery, it's compact, and he's accurate. He's really accurate on the deep ball. And this idea that you haven't seen Jaden Daniels throw a lot of crosser routes, you can find enough of them in the LSU tape to say, no, he's going to be fine at that. All right, uh, when we come back, we're going to get to Josh Harris being involved in the meetings in Indianapolis interviewing quarterbacks. Kevin Sheehan show the Team 980 and the Team980.com. Big night in the NBA last night. The Lakers overcame a 21-point fourth-quarter deficit, marking the largest fourth-quarter deficit overcome in the career of LeBron James. And they host the Wizards tonight. That'll be at 10.30 right here on the Team 980. Nobelaw Koulibaly for the Wizards due to a pelvic contusion, his second missed game in a row. Denny Avdia questionable as well with a heel contusion. In college basketball, Northwestern beat Maryland 68-61. Jameer Young at 24 points for the Terps. Sean Harris-Smith added 14 points. In the NFL, the Jets have allowed Zach Wilson to seek out a trade, meaning his time in New York likely coming to an end. And that's what's trending. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 